Don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm not one of of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. You don't seem that happy that you've won. More than you believe. More than you believe I'm happy. It's already sh So you have not to say uh, I saw it was sh So you can try to... Um, yeah, that would help in a game like this. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Oh, you know already before you ask, that's a sh question. I like that, that, is, that you still ask it. You don't have to, you don't have to. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy, happy new year. Lions, they don't compare themselves with humans. Three for me and two for them. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. Good Monday morning, peeps. What's up? What's up? What's up? This is the Touchline Band Podcast. I am your boy, Leo. I'm the happiest man alive today, and I'm joined by one of the saddest men alive today, my Manchester United counterpart. What's up, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in mourning. You are. I, mean, I like the black just... sunglasses, too, driving it home. Yeah, it, it was it was tough. Like it's a hood up kind of morning. It's a <laughs> it wasn't good. It was a tough weekend for me. I mean, uh, you know, obviously Saturday was fantastic with San Diego State hitting that buzzer beater, you know, elated, carried that emotion into Sunday morning, thinking that we just get a result, get a point, you know, just stay consistent, something, but instead put in one of the worst performances I've seen, including that Liverpool game. I mean, start to finish, Newcastle were the better side. United lacked creativity, lacked energy. Um, and it's incredible how one player being Casemiro, when he's out, it just seems like the whole team is lost. There's no direction. I think this was the first time I've seen some real cracks in Ten Hag. I don't blame him, but like Scott McTominay, just he's not good enough. He's not good enough to be starting for us. I, I didn't for like Scotland. That. Yeah, I mean, go play for Scotland, sure. Uh, but I think it was a real sign of like the players that we need and how crucial it is that this summer we make some serious moves. I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not confident uh, moving forward in the league because of just the fact that we do have a lot of games coming up and three of those games are without Casemiro uh, in the league. And that's a huge, huge loss. And we play a lot of games close together. So we're going to need to rely more and more, you know, on our starter starting 11 so they're just going to be tired and then we'll have to lean on guys like, you know, McTominay and all that. It was very odd that Fred didn't start because I'm not even the biggest Fred fan, but he's better than McTominay. Uh, Vague Horse is just so useless. Like he had a few chances and just put the ball wide or, or didn't get the touch to it. It was just a really tough game to watch as a fan with all the positivity that's been going through the club. And that makes I, I told you about this yesterday. Uh, since winning the Carabao Cup, United have been winless in the league and scoreless in the league. And this is a team that's been free scoring, you know, for the last four months. So it was a really tough, sobering moment, uh, especially because if Spurs get the win today, United are out of the top four. Um, and that's just, you know, it's a it's a tough pill to swallow. And then non-soccer related just last night, uh, Warriors missing a buzzer beater to win it. To, to drop to six, then now only half a game in front of the Lakers, who I fucking just can't stand. So just a tough, tough day of sport, really. But on a on a high note, my uh, Sunday league team, 
we were a man down the entire game because one of our guys didn't show up and we still won three one your boy had the brace so you know that's nice but i would have happily taken a beating in the sunday league for united just to get a point there yeah still drinking out of that yeti too yep i mean it's all i have i'm I'm bereft (laughs) is that um what are you drinking out of it uh i am drinking mud water coffee no it's it's like it's like shrooms and uh chai and and it's good for your gut good for your brain yeah the not that kind oh that's where my mind was. although i could probably use that it'd be nice to have kind of a different reality this morning yeah yeah i don't blame you bro uh, I had a really happy weekend. I really enjoyed the weekend. Uh, Saturday morning, woke up bright and early. Um, Manchester City, no Holland, which resulted in me yelling at somebody at Starbucks because I was very upset Saturday morning when I woke up and saw no Holland. And not just no Holland, starting no Holland even on the bench. Uh, so yeah. that was not the way I wanted to wake up Saturday morning. But you know what? When you got that oil money, baby, it don't even matter. This team just came out. It was a tough start. Uh, nice little play there from Mohamed Salah. Cute little goal. Get them all excited. Woohoo, Liverpool! And from that point forward, it was a massacre. It was a beautiful, magical massacre. And listen, I'm here to tell you, I'm a man. I could tell you when I was wrong. I was dead wrong about Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish mm. is the third most in player on Manchester City right now. Uh, he has been a revelation this season. He's been fantastic, marvelous. I don't have enough good words to say about that kid. It was a brilliant performance from Manchester City and a just a message to Arsenal that y'all want to win the league, you better win out. You better win out because yep. we're not going anywhere, baby. Uh, Manchester City are primed and ready to make a run at this league. And for Arsenal's sake... They got a really big game on Sunday, a really big game on Sunday. And I, for one, can't wait to watch what they do. Because I'm telling you, that game is way more even than people realize it is. Mm. Uh, Yeah, so it felt pretty good. felt pretty good. Yeah, I can imagine. UConn continues to win. I got them in my bracket. So go, go UConn tonight. I hope you're in morning tomorrow, too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one's a little easier pill to swallow because, I mean, I think UConn just continue doing what they've been doing and curb stomping people, unfortunately, uh, at the expense of my Aztecs. But yeah, it was a very impressive, comprehensive win for Manchester City. I mean, Liverpool have been absolutely horrendous, horrendous away from home this year, uh, worse even than Manchester United. But more importantly, they just never looked in the game. I mean, the fact that they went up one nil it's shocking when you go back and watch like when you see that game the first 15 minutes it's not like Liverpool were controlling it or anything like that just they got a goal and then immediately 10 minutes later City respond and then not one more not two more but three more after that Uh, and like I said comprehensive professional win this is what I think we're going to see from City and this is what I was saying on Monday is that excuse me, on Friday, rather, is that Manchester City are going to do this the rest of the season. It's going to be very methodical, very business-oriented, win, 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 win. And I believe that they're going to do that, not only based on their schedule, but because 
They're they're all healthy finally, obviously, other than Holland, which is a huge loss. But luckily, uh, I think he's fine. He just sat out that game for an extra week of rest. He'll be back this weekend, from what I've been reading. Yeah. Um, and yeah, can Arsenal do that? And I think Arsenal can, but like you said, it it's a very, very short leash that they're on. And I think Arsenal personally lose this weekend. I think the moment's a little bit too big for them, but that doesn't mean they're out of it. It just means that now they're really feeling City's, you know, hot breath on the back of their neck, making their uh, hair stand up and the goosebumps come. Uh, because you look at you look at that Arsenal game, the first half was how I thought the whole game would go. Uh, Leeds kind of lost the plot there as they continued. Um, this bullshit from Aaron Ramsdale after the game when he's in the locker room, he must have known the cameras were on and he's like beating himself up. Ah, I shouldn't have conceded. You've been fucking conceding at home all year. Why now are you upset about it? Like it's just in a 4-1 win is when you get upset about it, not like the 3-2 against United or, or City. Like it's just, that way, I hate when people do stuff that you know they are aware cameras are there. Because yeah. it's like, you you have not kept clean sheets at the Emirates all year. Like, why now? And, and just like, I don't know, it was pissing me off. But Arsenal with a very, very solid second half and a very deserving win. Great to see, even though I'm not a fan of his personally, but I'm a fan of good football. And great to see Jesus back on the pitch and doing well uh, for Arsenal. I think he's definitely an X factor because I don't think Nketiah is it. Um, and yeah, I mean, just... Two, like I said, there's no better way to say it. Two comprehensive performances from the two best teams in the league. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, shout out to Gabby. I can't get mad at that kid. I love him. I love him at Manchester City. He wasn't a City player. Um, he's good for Arsenal. Like he's yeah. he's a nice fit there, and I wish him all the success. I love him. I loved him from when I saw him playing the Olympics with Brazil. Like that kid is just he's awesome. He, you can yeah. tell he's just a lovable kid. That being said, before that penalty. Leeds were the better team in that game. They they really were. And listen, Arsenal ends up winning the game 4-1. Credit to them. They did a phenomenal job. You can't take it away from them. But that first 35 minutes was very worrisome for Arsenal fans. And uh, just a reminder that while it looks like a big gap at the top of the table, if Manchester City beat Arsenal in the Etihad, which we all assume that they will, Arsenal just needs to drop one more point. And again, and, and you have a game in hand. Yeah, yeah, and uh, let's kind of let's talk about this, shall we? They're yeah. going to Anfield this weekend. They have to play West Ham in West Ham. Okay, that is not going to be an easy game. They should win it. Not going to be an easy one. Okay, yep. another tough one. They have a London derby against Chelsea, and while Chelsea are in freaking shambles, and you better believe we're going to touch on it, that's not necessarily an automatic win, even though it's at home. Okay. Then you got to travel to Newcastle, which you can now attest is not that easy to do, buddy. Okay? Oh, I never said it was. Newcastle is a very tough place to go and play. They still got to play Brighton at home. And then on the last day of the season, they still have to play Wolves at home. And while Wolves haven't been great, Wolves are a team that have plenty of quality and can find a way to win this. I have never been more confident Manchester City's winning the league. I'm telling mm -hmm. you. They are going to win the league. I'm going to rejoice. We're winning Champions League, too. I mean, this is this is the year. We take the trouble. Yeah, I mean, it's a... It's oh, and we're going to beat you, Bozos, in the FA Cup final. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interest. I mean, we got to get to the final first. I'm not looking ahead that far. But 
I, I, it's going to be an interesting run. And like I said, all the pressure is on Arsenal. There's zero pressure on City, at least in terms of the league. There's all the pressure in the world on them to do well in the Champions League. But to be honest, I think outside of Manchester's eastern side, uh, not many people think that they're going to do anything in the Champions League. So it's it's doubly difficult for them in Europe. But when it comes to the league, if they come in second, everybody's like, yeah, Arsenal had an amazing year. If they win the league, people are like, yeah, it's City. Of course they did. Whereas with Arsenal, it's like, this is all they have. This is all they've been talking about. Their fans are constantly about it. So it's going to be a very, very tough finish to the season for Arsenal, I think. And I think the other thing that we need to kind of address is that Arsenal have been fortunate, I guess, is the softest way to put it. They've been fortunate with a lot of calls going their way. I think I think there's a pretty clear bias from referees to get Arsenal and and like you know similarly so going the opposite way. We've seen refs swallow their whistle uh, for Manchester City for Manchester United all year. I mean it's insane. We had a blatant handball in the box at the weekend against Newcastle. Absolutely nothing called. Not even a VAR review. You know like uh, Bruno brought down in the box. Again, like not even a review. Um, and and City, the same thing. They've been getting a lot of call. They've not been getting a lot of calls that should be called. It's, I don't know. Arsenal got to put absolutely every single, you know, foot forward in this. And it's going to be a tough one. But hey, there were other games as well on Saturday that I want to talk about. Because as terrible as Sunday was for me, Saturday was fantastic when it comes to betting. And uh, you actually tipped this up. You said this was your favorite game to bet on. Whether you were joking or not, it doesn't matter because you hit it. Bournemouth, get the win against uh, Fulham. And we both said, you know, Fulham obviously struggling because they will not have Mitrovic for a while. They won't have Willian for another game. Uh, Marco Silva out. And even though they went up 1-0, a very, very solid second hand second half performance from Bournemouth to get the win 2-1. Yeah, I mean, listen, they looked really good. I was very happy with the performance. I ended up hitting my best parlay at plus 410 because West Ham came through on Sunday as well. Uh, but, I mean, listen, you mentioned pressure earlier. If We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. The real pressure, the person that is feeling the most pressure in the Premier League now, our buddy, Graham Potter. Well, oh. he's not feeling any pressure anymore. He oh, can yes, sit back and relax at home. Today. He's gone. He yep. is gone. And all, I mean, my heart is so warm and fuzzy because I, again, the Chelsea cult, that group of mosquitoes, all we heard from them was, oh, no, we don't, we're not going to consistently flip managers. We have new ownership. That was a Roman problem. Ah, that's interesting because we're about to be on our third manager. In, yeah. in less than a calendar year, three managers, and it's going to be Nagelsmann. You already hear all the rumblings. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you people have so many issues. It, I mean, like, I wish Chelsea fans could just accept the fact they're not a big club. They're not a big club. It's going to be Nagelsmann coming in. And you know what? He's a 35-year-old manager that hasn't proven anything. And people think he's this wonder kid. Dude, he's a wonder kid that led Bayern Munich to their worst season in, t in a decade. Okay? He's terrible at transfers. He didn't go out and get players that he wanted. Um, I mean, dude, this this is going to be – this is just the revolving door of Chelsea in a 2-0 loss. They couldn't score again. 
And you know what? You yeah. saw it. You started to see the cracks in Jao Felix saying, get me the bleep out of here. I miss yeah. Diego Simeone. Like, I think that's the point that he's at. He misses Simeone in Atletico. He really does because that team is embarrassing moving forward. And Mihail Mudrik is 21. He just came to the Prem and, like, I I tend to give him a year. I'm not going to give him that much stick this year. Oh, boy, did he have a couple misses. Oh, boy, did he have a couple misses. If you're a Chelsea fan, you have to be sitting there saying, uh-oh, uh-oh. Because at some point, financial fair play will come into play for Chelsea. You will not get a slap in the wrist like we do. Okay, you are not us. See, here's the thing with Chelsea fans. They think that they're Manchester City. They think that they can be us. You're never going to be us, you peasants, you mosquitoes, you bozos. Okay, you can't get away with the same shit we do. So now they're going to be in financial free play jail. And you're going to be stuck with watching Jal Felix succeed at Arsenal. Because I guarantee you Miguel Arteta will know what to do with him. You're going to be stuck with um, Mahal Mudrik missing open nets. And just passing the ball over to the goalie. Have a good time, guys. Have a grand old freaking time. This team is yeah. $600 million in January. $600 million and you bozos can't figure out how to score a goal. Not to mention the fact that I ended up betting the over two and a half, sitting there saying no way that these asshats won't fucking score. And, of course, they don't fucking score. Yeah, I mean, that that's the biggest thing. I mean, as a United fan, one of the – you know, real killers of the weekend was just the fact that Newcastle go ahead of us in the table because of goal differential, because our goal differential is just so garbage. We're fine scoring. It's about letting in all these goals. We're only a plus four. And I was like, wow, like that, that's record style bad for a team that finishes in the top four. And I just started looking at goal difference in the league. The loss at the weekend brought Chelsea to a minus one. And that's just bananas to me the fact that they are at a negative goal difference here are the other teams that are a negative goal difference villa chelsea palace wolves west ham forest bournemouth leeds everton leicester southampton and the other than uh crystal palace who are technically four point or excuse me yeah four points clear of the drop zone other than chelsea and aston villa Every team with a negative goal difference is only three points out of the drop zone. Like, that's how bad they've been. To have a negative goal difference this season is essentially saying you're about to be relegated. And Chelsea's already there and still have games to play and still have a pretty tough schedule. Having to play Arsenal, having to play Liverpool, having to play Manchester United. Like, it's just... Holy Lord, I, I don't know where this team goes from here, but it certainly, only, I mean, you'd think they cannot wait for the end of the season. They just can't wait to get out of here and just forget about it. And, and I mean, this isn't going to, they're not going to get relegated, but the fact that Chelsea might finish in the bottom half of the table after spending almost a billion pound in players over the last year is just. Woof. It's not even that that bothers me. With Chelsea, it's the fans. It's the fans that tell me that they're making progress. And that's the shit that blows my mind. That is stuff that makes me believe that they're a cult, that they have these meetings, that they are worse than MLS fans. And that is that is a lot coming. I mean, but maybe maybe it's a healthy, uh, healthy mindset because when you're constantly down bad, 
and you're just negative all the time, that's not helping anybody. No, stop it. I don't know. Stop it with the nonsense. No, absolutely not. I'm sorry, dude. You need to live a balanced life. And listen, if there's anybody that should be positive about the Premier League, this guy, okay? Outside of this season, I have been negative nonstop, okay? You cannot be consistently positive. You should be demanding more from your team at all freaking times, okay? Mm -hmm. Especially when you're in 10, excuse me, 11. You're in 11. You're in the bottom half of the table. You're closer to relegation than you are the Europa Conference freaking league, the Conference yeah. League people. Okay, I mean Chelsea fans should be embarrassed. And instead, they're just like, "Nah, we're growing young talent. We're we're getting better. We're gonna bring in a new manager. He's gonna solve all the problems." It's the same bullshit we've been listening to. Yeah. Oh, dude, I hate I hate Chelsea more than any other club, any other club. So interesting who city fans decide or they I should hate you. I should hate you. And I can tell you, of all the fans that annoy me to no end, Manchester United are down at the bottom. They are down at the bottom. We've been down bad for a long time. So yeah, we're kind of like, like logical yeah. and you guys are just like more pity than anything else at this point. Dude, in like Liverpool fans, you're still all freaking delusional. You people were delusional for years. They're the most delusional fans on the planet. There are not the most. That's Chelsea. They say no, 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 no. Hold on. People are saying that Klopp is one of the best managers of all time in the Prem because he won one fucking title. Are we serious? One, one. Claudio Ranieri has the same amount of titles as you, bro. Like, what are we talking about? You've won one title in your entire tenure at Liverpool. What have you done? What have you done? Yeah, but hold on, hold on. He's also won a Champions League. And let's not forget, let's not forget where Liverpool was when he got there. Okay. They were getting bounced out of the Europa League. They were never in conversation for time. Where are they right now with him? All right. They had a down year. Listen, I'm not telling you he's one of the best ever, but like you give him a little bit too much stick. You give him a little bit too much. Okay, okay. So you won a Champions League, which is extremely difficult, but also we're talking about premiership, right? He's been there eight years, eight years, and he has one title. What, like, this isn't even a conversation. Obviously, yeah, we're not dude, even talking about Sir Alex, but like Pep, I, I think would you obviously need to understand something too. I think you need to understand who they're up against. And this is, this is me being cocky, but like, it ain't easy beating this team. I mean, we put up what, 106 points a couple of years ago? We broke the record for the most points. I mean, they had two of the greatest title chases of all time over the last few years. I mean, the title, the title races have been unbelievable uh, the last couple of years and they fell one point short where other years they would have cruised by 15 points. I mean, listen, but, I get but it's saying. been, I understand, but you also got to understand that he has done it on a minimum budget. He doesn't spend money. Don't even fucking talk to me about budget. Don't even fucking talk to me about that. That's the that's the worst thing you could have said. United, not only do we not spend money, we are a billion dollars in debt because of the fucking Glazers. And they put all of their losses into United from other ventures that they do as well. But let's talk, let's stay here. Since Klopp's been there, Chelsea have won two, City have won five, Liverpool's won one. I just, you're not even the third best manager. Like, it just stopped. I'm done. I'm done with Liverpool fans saying that like this has been the greatest era, Klopp versus Pep. It's not Klopp versus Pep if Pep's the only one who ever fucking wins. I'm sorry. Like 
Klopp is a fantastic manager. I think he's a great manager. Is he one of the greatest that we've ever seen in the Prem? Fuck no. What? Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? I mean, oh my God, it just, it drives me insane. I, I like Mancini was a better manager than him. Absolutely. Pellegrini was a better manager than him. Absolutely. Easy does it now. Easy. Easy. Slow down. You're going to get a speeding ticket. Hey, you want a fun fact? Tell me. <laughs> I love this fact. Over the last 10 years. Who's so from what? From money? when? From when? The last 10 years from now. The last 10 years. Okay. Who spent more money in the transfer market, Manchester United or Liverpool? United, for sure. Mm-hmm. But you guys don't oh. spend? Do you want to know what no, the difference no. is? No, you want to know what the difference is? See, but you're no, no, no. Do you want to know what the numbers difference is before you go on a tangent? I don't know. Probably like a billion pound or something. Liverpool have spent $485 million in the last 10 years in transfers. Right. Manchester United have spent $1.3 billion. You guys have spent $800 million more. Than oh. Liverpool over the last 10 years, but you're telling me that you guys don't spend. Yeah, yeah. Here, let me tell you two things on this point. One, why did we spend that, right? So Liverpool spent all that money to bring in the players that had their run of like six, seven seasons where they were very good. So they didn't need to spend more money because they already had Salah and Mane and all of that. Also, you're talking about players sold. United haven't sold any players worth of damn things. So when you say they've spent 430, that's not including all of their expenditures. That's just saying when you take the expenditures and the sellings combined, that's what it is. Secondly, Manchester United, after 2012, 13, after that title, our team was so fucking old that we had to bring in nothing but new players to even try to compete because we had nobody left. So we've had to buy players and we've had poor managers that have spent extremely badly. So we haven't been consistent in any capacity. So we have a constant revolving door of players and managers until recently. And now I'm hoping with Ten Hag that it doesn't go that way. But another thing on this. No, it's no, not about Let me just chime in. Let me just chime in because I just looked up another fun stat. Tell me. Manchester City get the most crap about spending money and that we have oil money and blah, 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 blah. We've spent less money than you bozos. Again, again, you're, nope, you're talking that's about... It. Manchester City has spent $1.28 billion in the last 10 years, and you clowns have spent $1.3 billion over the last 10 years. You spend more money than we do, and you suck. Yeah, again, I understand, but you're not listening to what I'm saying. You're looking at... So when you I'm look at a club's like expenditures, people. it's about expenditures and su- selling. So you're looking at players that you've let go for money... And that eats into what you've spent. So it becomes a lower number. United haven't sold anybody. We bought terrible assets and then sold them for fucking nothing afterwards. Look at Harry Kane or Harry Maguire. We bought him for 80 million pounds. We'll be lucky to get 25 for him if we even fucking sell him. If we even sell him. He's probably going on loan back to Leicester. Like this is this is what I'm talking about is that you're you're looking at bad business and bad business is done by our owner. But Again, forget that, because I'm not disagreeing with you that Manchester City are better than Manchester United for the last you know, decade or so. What I'm saying is that Liverpool are not some God's gift of football over the last decade, because they're not. In fact, Chelsea have been better than them over the last decade with the same amount of Champions Leagues and more titles in the Prem. So, like, what the fuck are we talking about here? I'm just done with Liverpool fans saying that, Klopp is just incredible, and Liverpool has been the team to beat over the last five, six, seven, ten years. No, Manchester City is far and away better than you and everyone else. 
and then it's Chelsea. And then Liverpool had a few good runs where they didn't fucking win. We don't slip. You did. Enjoy your one title. You're not going to see another one for a while. Yeah, neither are you. I would argue that we'll see one before them, but... Yeah, but even even then, like, we may not be alive to watch it. Manchester City ain't going away. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen, we got to speed this thing along here. We've gotten into some arguments. We got some actual midweek soccer to talk about. I'm fairly a lot of it. Let's, let's continue to talk about uh, the big game on Tuesday, which is Liverpool, who we have ranted about, and Chelsea, who we've ranted about. Uh, I'm all about Liverpool at this point just because I'm really enjoying the suffering in Chelsea fans. And if I'm being honest, Liverpool got to show a pulse. They have to show a pulse here. They really do. And listen, I know you don't like Klopp and you're not a huge fan of Klopp, but like, He's got to have his boys ready to go in this game. I like Klopp. I think he's a very good manager. I just can't stand people saying that he's one of the best there ever was. That's Fair. all I'm saying. I uh, No, I'm actually – I feel pretty good about this prediction here. I think Liverpool come out and they're going to win that game. I think it's going to be a 2-1, 3-1 kind of game. And I think Diogo Jota is one of those guys that – he kind of feels primed, ready to make a move and like make some things happen. By the way, just one more fun fact about Chelsea. In the game on Saturday, they were playing five at the back with one center back. One center back. A team that spent $600 million in January had one center back on the field while playing five defenders. Uh, the other defenders were, I believe it was Reese James that was right next to Kulabai on the right side, and Kukurea was on the left side of Kulabai. Uh, If that is going to be the way that they are going to set up on Tuesday, good luck. Liverpool is going to dismantle them. I think it's a 2-1-3-1 win for Liverpool. That That is surprising to me. I, I am very uh, shocked to hear you say that. But I also... You can't bet Chelsea. Your bias knows no end. So I totally uh, think that this is going to be an absolutely disgusting nil-nil game. Oh, that's fair. Because Liverpool can't travel. Liverpool, as much as I hate Liverpool, Liverpool and United are very similar in the sense that at Anfield, the atmosphere is electric, that team is dangerous, they can get results. Away from Anfield, all of their energy is just sapped out of them, there's no chemistry, there's no creativity on the ball, and that's what we've seen from Liverpool, and the fact that they're traveling to Stamford Bridge, new manager bounce for Chelsea, I I just, I don't see Liverpool getting much out of this other than maybe a draw. I I think that this is a very slippery spot for Liverpool because of that exact reason. I think that a absolute trouncing uh, from Manchester City. I mean, it was a it was a bad loss. Like it it looked bad, and Chelsea looked bad too. But they fired their manager, so they have this new bounce. They have new life. Hey, we're turning over a new leaf. All these signings at the bridge. The fans are going to be going wild because they're going to hope to God that whether it's Nagelsmann or whoever can bring something to the team. Um, I think it's an interim manager, though, so maybe not the biggest bounce. But, yeah, I just I don't I don't see a Liverpool team that I'm confident in backing on the road. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going ahead and taking the draw here. I might even take Chelsea on the PK, but. No, because I can't ever bet Chelsea in anything. I'm just taking the under two and a half at plus 102. Yep, smart move. I like the play. Um, 
I still think Liverpool win that game 2-3-1, but I totally get your reasoning. Let's talk about the team that whooped up on Chelsea on the weekend because they have a massive game. Unai Emery has started yeah. to take this team to the boon. They have been exceptional since he took over. They're going to get to lesser team, which credit to me, told you guys, this team is going to go down. You could see the writing on the wall. Mm. I'm sticking by it. You're going to get a tremendous price on Aston Villa on the money line. I am all over it. I love what I see out of Aston Villa right now. They're playing the right way. Ollie Watkins is slowly becoming one of the hottest strikers in the Premier League. I'm looking yep. for him to score. Leicester cannot defend. They look horrendous. And right now, moving forward, if it's not Kalechi, Canacho creating, it's nobody creating. Give me yep. Aston Villa on the money line here. Uh, I like your call here. I also like that. Aston Villa on the PKs plus money. But what I like here is goals. I think that both teams are going to find the back of the net in this one. I do agree with you that in general, uh, I think Villa are the better side. But what I also saw at the weekend from Villa was Chelsea not putting away chances. And yes, Chelsea are a far better side um, in terms of talent than Leicester. But there were a lot of opportunities for Chelsea to score that they just didn't finish. I think that Leicester, especially at the King Power, will be able to do that. So I'm taking both teams to score in over two and a half. Uh, that combo prop is plus 105. And another bottom, another matchup of bottom feeders. You have Leeds against the Criminals in Leeds. I got to tell you, I don't hate Leeds in this spot. I really no. don't. I think that they could come out and they could beat up on a Nottingham team that have allowed 50 goals in 28 games this season. Mm -hmm. uh, but Nottingham have been pretty bad on the road, too. Leeds, listen, they lost 4-1. You can't really compliment them too much. But they seem to show a pulse despite all the injuries that they had. They're starting to get healthier. Obviously, yep. Taylor Adams out for the rest of the year is going to hurt them immensely. But right. I really feel like if there was a spot for Leeds to win a game, it's this one. Yeah, I think that you have nailed it on the head. I actually love Leeds in this, but I'm taking them differently. I'm taking them the first half uh, minus a quarter, so that's going to be minus 105. What I've seen from Leeds all year in the games that they played against Manchester United in the few games that I've watched outside of that, they really come out hot. They come out all guns blazing in a lot of games, even against the bigger clubs like Arsenal, like Manchester United, um, even against Liverpool. Uh, they've looked the better side in the first 20 minutes. And I think that the forest aspect of this is not a team that's going to be able to really weather that storm. I can see this going into the break one nil and then Leeds doing what they do and conceding in the second half uh, wouldn't surprise me. I think they should be able to get this win, but I like it. I'm much more confident about them to be able to get the win in the first half. So give me that first half minus a quarter at minus 105. Yeah, and then we got to talk about another big game on Tuesday. Four big games on Tuesday. Very exciting. Yeah, Brighton exciting. To the Cherries. The Cherries still fighting against relegation. And Brighton, <laughs> don't sleep on them. Here Thank they you. come, dude. If you can rattle off a couple more wins, you are right in the thick of the Champions League race. Champions League, okay? That yeah. is not a joke. That's very serious. And this is a team that's playing well, playing confidently. They're playing the right way, even without the great Graham Potter. Uh, so listen, I gotta be honest, I'm all over Brighton in this situation. I think yep. it's a massive game and this is, I know this sounds stupid because it's against Bournemouth, one of the least talented teams, but this is the kind of statement game that you, that you need because there are so many teams that would be caught in a trap here where they're like, mm -hmm. Oh, we're going to Bournemouth. We're playing well. We're going to learn everything we need to learn about Brighton this week. Yeah. I mean, this is a massive, massive game for Brighton because even though, in my personal opinion, their chance at top four is gone. Uh, they're just too far adrift. Um, you know, they're seven points out of it, and that's assuming United, Newcastle, and Spurs all collapse in some capacity. I just don't see all three of them doing that. Um, but 
keep in mind that for a club like Brighton, for a club like Brentford, getting into the Europa League would be the biggest thing that has ever happened to their club. We're talking about money they've never seen. We're talking about TV time they've never had. Like this is a absolutely fucking massive deal. And the fact that they have a couple games in hand on pretty much all the teams above them is huge. I love Brighton in the spot. They're not the best travelers, but Bournemouth coming off a big emotional win. Uh, I think they're going to be in a letdown spot here. So I like Brighton. I'm going to play a little bit safe here. I say safe. Nothing's ever safe. Uh, but I'm going to be playing Brighton minus one. You can get that at evens. Uh, I can definitely see them scoring two, but because of the fact that Bournemouth probably don't have the firepower, I can see them sitting pretty deep here and uh, potentially Brighton only getting the one nil win. So I'm taking Brighton minus one uh, at a pretty decent price at evens because I can see this being a two nil game. Yeah, and let's move on to your two favorite teams in the Prem. Manchester United are now hosting Brentford, who you love, who held yeah. the lead three times the other day. Three so times, garbage. couldn't get the win. Brighton continued to fight back. Another yeah. massive game here, especially for United. Uh, yeah. I this price for United. They're going to be at home. I know you guys haven't scored in the Prem since you won the Carabao Cup. I yep. think that all comes to an end. Bright, uh, excuse me, Brentford obviously haven't been great defensively, allowing three to Brighton. Mm-hmm. I am all over United. This is my lock of the midweek. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I again, you nailed it when you said this is a massive, massive game for Manchester United solely because of the fact that they looked so poor at the weekend. I think that there was mistakes all over the pitch from the manager all the way down to the players. Uh, the only person I thought who had an incredible game was David De Gea. That game easily could have been 5-6 nil, but he made a couple world-class saves, as he usually does. Um, and all the goals were no mistake of his. But Brentford, again, they're not the best on the road. Uh, we saw that they should have won against Brighton. Couldn't get it done. A 90th minute penalty. That's just absolutely gutted. That would have uh, cashed an absolutely huge ticket for me. But I like goals in this game. Manchester United have showed they're a little bit shaky without Casemiro in the midfield. Uh, I think that you're going to see United get the win here and both teams to score. I think this is going to be a classic 2-1, 3-1 win for Manchester United. And at a pretty good price, you can get Manchester United to win and both teams to score at plus 225. Um, that's definitely where I'm looking. But this is a massive game for Manchester United. The fans, the players, Eric Ten Hag, everybody knows that this is a, a must-win game. But Brentford have been fucking good. Brentford have been good. And, and I give them all all their credit because i love brentford i i mean when they slapped us you know at their own pitch four nil in the first half uh it was tragic and i hated every part of them but i love what they've been doing i love their club the fight i love ivan tony he's absolutely incredible he's so fucking dangerous i think that this is going to be a hell of a game to watch i think for uh you know Anyone who's just a fan of football, this is going to be a fantastic game to catch. Uh, But I think United get the win here because they need it. But both teams to score and Manchester United on the money line, plus 255. That game feels like ages ago. and um, (laughs) It was. It was the second game of the season. It feels like it was 10 years ago, dude. So much has changed since then. But uh, Ronaldo was in that game. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my God, Ronaldo. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that was a throwback there. But, yeah, I'm all over Manchester United. I also really like the second game on Wednesday with West Ham and Newcastle. This is a massive trap spot for Newcastle. I talked about it with Uh, right? You get the big – 
Newcastle gets their big win. They're emotional. St. James's Park was rocking. Okay. Yep. Now you got to travel. You got to travel to a big stadium for a team that needs the game. A team that should now mm-hmm. be relatively confident after keeping a clean sheet and find their way to nick that win that they needed. Now they're out of the relegation zone. Now they see a chance here. I'm going to tell you, I love the under two and a half. I think the under two and a half is the best play. Part of me wants to really take West Ham on that money line, man. I really Mm. want to because this feels like a trap game and we have not seen Newcastle prove that they can win this kind of game. No, Uh, we have not. Uh, I think Manchester United did them a lot of favors in making them look absolutely fantastic. Again, I'm saying they were the better team from the first second to the last second. (laughs) But St. James's Park is a very tough place to go and play. They have been extremely good there. But still, we do not see the free scoring from Newcastle that they should. They have so many chances, and they do not put them away. The 2-0 scoreline could have been easily 5, 6, 7 if they had any sort of clinical finishing. They really struggle to do it on the road. West Ham has definitely taken a bit of an upturn, which I love to see. I personally love the price of West Ham on the PK, plus 150. Uh, I think this is... Let me give you a little bit of a futurist prediction here. I'm going to put on the magic genie situation here. And it would not surprise me if this exact thing happened in the next three games. West Ham beat Newcastle. Manchester United beat Brentford. United go three points ahead of Newcastle. Newcastle stay there. Then Newcastle go to Brentford and gut out this disgusting 1-0 win while Manchester United draw at home to Everton making them, again, only one point clear of Newcastle. And in those times, uh, I think that you're going to see, we've already talked about it on the Friday show, but I think you're going to see Spurs struggle today but win their next game. I just think that Newcastle and Manchester United are going to be flip-flopping three and four for a good few games here, but I do think it's going to switch midweek. And then at the weekend, Newcastle get closer, but I think United, it's going to be a weird, weird Everton game. Everton always plays United tough, even at OT. Uh, I think that it's going to be a win draw for Manchester United and a loss win for Newcastle. Boom. All right, folks, that's what we got going on midweek. We gave you some bitching, some complaining, some hot takes, some cold takes, some great picks here. Make sure you guys follow our picks because we have been red hot. Red Uh, hot. We cleaned Saturday because. Shout out, shout out Saturday, though, because Holland didn't play. So your best player prop got removed off the board, refunded if anybody bet that. That means that we went 9-0-1 on Saturday. You're welcome, people. Damn. So what's your best bet for midweek? You said Manchester United. You sticking to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. United are going to dominate. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. I'm going to be taking the Brighton minus one at evens. I think that's just... Uh, the most attractive spot on the board for tomorrow, Tuesday. I think that's going to be a prove it or lose it game for a lot of teams this week. And that is a big one for them. Tell me about your favorite player prop. Well, it's, it's tough uh, because I haven't seen a lot of life here, but I just got to go for it because it's at old Trafford. I think it's right for the picking Marcus Rashford to get a goal, get back on the score sheet, bring Manchester United, a fucking premier league goal, which we actually need desperately. It's pathetic. Uh, him to score at evens. I love that. Especially with Martial back. There's a lot more creativity that we're going to see here. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think it's just a matter of time before he gets going again. Love Marcus Rashford. Also, the people that were complaining that he was in New York, y'all need to take it down a notch, dude. He was on vacation. Yeah. He was just trying to relax. He's earned a vacation. All right, stop with your nonsense. I hate I hate hearing that stuff. It drives me insane. Uh, for me, I'm going to talk about a player that I talked about earlier. It's going to be my guy, Ollie Watkins, the score goal, plus mm. 20. He's one of the hottest strikers in the Premier League. He's making the runs. People are finally starting to feed him the ball, and this Aston Villa team has been very good moving forward, and Leicester have shown a ton of cracks defensively. Ollie Watkins, for me, go get yourself a goal, mate. Give me a parlay to play. All right, this one's a little spicy. It's a three-way parlay here, plus 908. That's pretty much nine to one for you. I'm going to be taking the under two and a half in Chelsea Liverpool. Leeds first half money line at plus 140. And Aston Villa on the PK, plus 108. Parlay those three together. It is nine to one. Woo-hoo, baby. You yes. are getting spicy. I actually kind of sort of like that. My parlay, I kept things... Fairly simple because I tend not to hit parlays very often. I tend to lose them in the last leg because it's kind of sort of what I do. (laughs) Yeah, it's really unfortunate. So uh, what I am going to play here is going to be a simple one. It is going to be leads on the money line, minus 123. And I'm going to parlay that with the under two and a half in the West Ham Newcastle game. Again, I'm sorry, people. It's not that fancy, but it's plus 230. Go ahead, cash your tickets. Okay. That's yep. what we're here for. Just cash your tickets. Yep. Don't, don't get too fancy. Don't take too big of a swing. Don't put all your money on one number in roulette. It usually doesn't work out. Unless you're Leo. But hey, and if you didn't catch Friday's show, both Leo and I are uh, on Everton today, whether it be PK or some kind of uh, result. But I know both of us said that we like Everton at Everton. Let's go. All right, peeps. We're out of here. <laughs>